Hello, everyone. I'm Alessandra, your Sexual Assault Safe Haven podcast host, and I'm so happy you're here. On this podcast, we'll be talking about recovering from trauma and sexual violence, reporting sexual violence, safe spaces, and more. I want to share some of my personal experiences to inspire you to use your voice and illustrate that you are valid. I also want to create a community where you feel safe, heard, and understood. And if anyone is in need of help right now, the RAIN Sexual Assault and Abuse and Sexual Violence National Hotline is 800-656-4673. A little content and trigger warning for this episode. In this episode, we will be talking about abusive relationships and a little bit about sexual assault as well. So if that triggers you in any way, please feel free to skip this episode and come back at a later time or check out other episodes. Today, I'm very excited to be speaking with our guest speaker, Courtney, who is actually my Girl Scout Gold Award advisor and has guided me and supported me throughout the process of making my podcast. So hello, Courtney, and welcome. I want to say thank you for being here, and it's nice to speak with you again. Hello. Thank you. Yeah, it's great to be here, and I'm happy to speak on your podcast. Thank you. And I was wondering if you could give us a little bit of an introduction or tell us a little bit about your background. Yeah. So aside from being a Gold Award coordinator, I actually have a major in justice studies, which means I majored and got to learn all about the criminal justice system and how different cases are handled, science to what it's like to be a cop, to working with survivors of different things, including domestic violence and domestic abuse. That's really cool. Thanks. What kind of sparked your interest in learning and like pursuing this as a major and learning more about healthy and safe relationships? So at first it actually started with, of all things, I will be totally honest here, in CIS, I really wanted to be Abby who did all the forensic science. Then I came to Mm -hmm. find out that the college that I went to, the degree was brand new. They didn't quite know what they were doing. And the work that I thought I would be doing is not quite what I would actually be doing. And it would be more repetitive than I anticipated and knew I that's not necessarily what I, what I wanted to do. So I decided to drop my major down from forensics to justice studies so I could graduate and kind of see what else there was out there. And one of the major classes that I actually, that really hit home and really just got me was my police and society class, because they actually had a survivor of domestic abuse come in to talk about her experience and how it could happen to anybody. And then unfortunately, it did happen to me. And I was in an abusive relationship for six years and got to see firsthand how it is a slow transforming thing that just kind of happens. And the next thing you know, you're kind of like, what happened? Where is my life? How did this happen to me? Even knowing all of the signs, having studied it all, still had that kind of impact. And I went, cool. So how do I get out of this? And how do we move forward? So since then, it's actually been very great. I've been able to get out of it, get therapy, and then move forward. Um, So I'm happy to tell you more about that as well as anything else that you want to know about. (laughs) Yeah, thank you so much for sharing your experience and sharing a bit about that. I think 
you know, it's really important, like, to kind of really important, especially for adolescents to kind of like, you know, now people are grappling like with starting to date. And like, I know just from like hearing friends like talking about like just things that seem off and don't necessarily seem right, you know. So I think thank you so much for sharing that again. I think that's like really important. Um, and I think it's something that people don't necessarily, you know, realize until maybe like after the fact or whatnot. So what are some like red flags in relationships? There's a handful of red flags in relationships. One of the major ones is what's called the domestic violence circle. And it starts off as a very lovey-dovey relationship. Both people are happily in love. And then a couple of things happen, something small. One of the people tends to be what's called walking on eggshells. And then something breaks and happens. And then after this terrible incident happens, they're back to this lovey-dovey relationship. And it kind of just cycles over and over again. And it's very hard to notice it when you're in it, but it's very easy to see it when you're away from it. So when you're looking at someone else's relationship and they're talking to you about it, this is kind of one of those, as a bystander, it's kind of, you might want to start talking to your friends about this if you start seeing something like this happen. And the incident that I'm talking about could be anything from, you know, being called out, being yelled at to actually being physically hit. And a lot of times when it starts, it starts off really small. Like you you do not notice it's happening. You start getting separated out from your friends and your family. They become a little bit more on the controlling side of, oh, I don't like you wearing that outfit or I don't want you going out with these people. And what will happen in these types of relationships is the abuser who could be female, could be male. I know a lot of times we hear mostly about male abusers, but because it is both uh, emotional and mental, it can easily be either or. And it really starts off as a, oh, you did something wrong, so I'm going to punish you, sort of speak, for a little while. And this could be, you know, making them make food or pleasing them in some way all the way through to, you know, as bad as rape or violence. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think (laughs) it's important to like realize too, that it doesn't have to be like abuse is a wide, there's like a wide range of abuse and it doesn't necessarily, it could be, you know, like you said, like from, you know, someone kind of, controlling in a way like saying you can't wear this you can't do that that's abuse as well as you know as far as like sexual assault or sexual abuse uh, you know any physical abuse it's both mental and physical abuse and I think and that's also something that may be harder to see as well and one of the other ones that people don't realize or think a lot about either is financial control and financial abuse so When I was in my six-year relationship, that actually happened to me, where I was the only person in it who was making money, though my partner at the time was going to college online and was staying at home. So they would do the dishes, do some of the laundry and this and that. 
but somehow was able to essentially take control out of, of my money and be like, oh, no, this is our money. This is for the relationship. So you need to go buy food. You need to go buy this. You need to go do this. You need to go do that. And so we would go out on these shopping trips where he would then spend some a bunch of my money. And, you know, then we'd have to pay for utilities and rent and all of that. And at the end of the day, I wasn't left with any money. So I didn't have a way to get out to be like, oh, yeah, let me leave. And, you know, he was very controlling over my time as well, where if I were to leave work five minutes late, it would get me home 15 minutes later. And so he would accuse me of staying later and cheating on him and all sorts of things. Um, you would think, you know, when a rules of the relationship came up that said that I was always wrong as the very first rule that that should have clicked in my head somehow. But that never did. It wasn't until after the fact that I got out of the relationship that I went, yeah, that's not a good thing. There shouldn't be rules to your relationship. It's built on mutual trust and respect. And if it's not built on that trust and respect, and there's these rules that you have to follow, that's starting to lead down the line of red flags and abuse. Yeah, that's true. Like, I think, like you said, like you mentioned, there's like a lot of control and that you felt like you couldn't get out. Like, I think in those situations, like it's kind of hard to see from the outside, what it's like when you're stuck in it. And I think it's really, I like what you said about, you know, relationships are really built on trust and like support. Like they shouldn't have these rules. I feel like sometimes even when we're younger, we kind of learn about like rules in a relationship or how people should act or should be or whatnot. But it's really just about like having a good foundation of trust and support for each other. Yep. And what were ways you were able to kind of create healthier relationships or kind of move away from unhealthy ones? Well, a lot of it had to do with going through therapy to kind of get through some of my issues because, yes, I did have some. But really, it was kind of working on a ground basis again to slowly work on, okay, so how do I trust somebody? How do I give put myself out there? And, you know, relationships are hard their work, and they hurt. That's just how they are. Mm -hmm. But if at the end of the day, if you aren't able to be like, I can be my full self with my partner, then that is not the partner for you. Or your relationship needs more work. So for me, it was finding a person who I could open up with, who was patient enough to give me that moment to breathe and sit focus on my emotions and move forward. It was that person that I could sit down and talk to about anything and everything and not feel like I was being judged in any way or that what I was saying was too crazy or that, you know, if I say no, that they understand that it means no, that, you know, at that moment, I'm not into it, whatever that may be. And not have somebody, you know, who goes into the statement of shut up. It's not about you. It's about me. Because a relationship is never about one person. It's about working as a team, working as a a couple, if you may. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. That's really inspiring. And I think that also goes to like 
for a lot of different relationships. Like it could be friendships too, like, you know, setting personal boundaries and really coming to, I think personally, I've been also doing a lot of work on like trying to get to know myself better and know what I truly want. And I think that's also helpful in like, in these types of relationships, like, you know, trying to connect back with your own values and with what you truly want versus what the other person is kind of trying to tell you to do or tell you you should do and whatnot. Now, kind of moving on to what are some like green flags? What are some good things that you want to see in relationships or that are signs of like healthier relationships? One of them for sure is mutual trust. Like one of the statements I was that was always told to me in my abusive relationship was, it's not that I don't trust you. I trust you. It's that I don't trust everybody else. And that is more leading back to that particular person and who they are of not trusting themselves. Because if they were in that situation, then they know what they would do, which may or may not be what you would do. But that per- your your green flag should be somebody who trusts you to make the right decision. To even if they're like, okay, you know, I'm not okay with you going to this party, but because you really want to go, I'll trust you on this. And they let you go. And they don't bring it up as a sore spot. They don't bring it up later of like, yeah, like I trusted you, but you still went to this party. Like if you trust them to go to the party, you trust them to go to the party. End of story. Mm -hmm. And another really good green flag is being independent not having to spend every waking moment with you or having to be with you whenever you are available. Because yes, it is a relationship, but you are still two independent people. So you should still be able to have friends on the outside of this relationship and go talk to them and hang out with them. Yeah, sure. You can bring them back to meet your partner, but you don't also have to like make everything about your partner and your relationship. You should be able to go out and go spend time with your friends. So like in the relationship I'm in now, I go out every Thursday and play D&D with my friends. And so, you know, it's making sure that people have your own hobbies within the relationship that you can do together as a couple, but you can also do things separately. So that way it doesn't feel like you're with them all the time. Cause you always want to be able to come back and be like, guess what I did. And be able to still have mm-hmm. that excitement and that passion because it gets hard when you're together all the time as well. It means there's not really anything new that happens. And that can be very hard on a relationship. Mm-hmm. Thank you for sharing that. And I'm happy for you about that. But I'm curious, are there were there any like people, you know, friends or family around you who kind of could tell that you were in an unhealthy relationship when you couldn't? Oh, many, actually. My parents definitely saw it, but they also knew that the best thing would be to not push me away from the – they're trying to get me away from the relationship because there's a thing called doubling down where someone tries to show that you're wrong on something and so you double down twice as hard to be like, no, I'm not. And so they didn't want that for me. But rather there was – another girl who ended up joining into this relationship who saw what it really, what it was at face value and saw that I needed help getting out. 
And so she actually ended up joining the relationship just to help me get out. So that was actually really cool because I was able to at one day just kind of come in and be like, I'm done. I think it was like my fourth time telling them I was breaking up with them. <laughs> so that's um, a little unfortunate because every time I would tell them, hey, I want to break up, it'd be like, no, you don't. You're just going through a phase. Like the next time you say that we'll break up every single time until I finally just went down there one day, grabbed my stuff and left. And again, the only reason I was able to do it is because I had the support of my friends and family who were able to be like, cool, we got your stuff. We got it out. Cool. We're picking your stuff up. We're bringing it somewhere else. And cool. We have your stuff. We're bringing it to another place for you to stay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that too. What does having a healthy relationship mean to you now? To me now, having a healthy relationship means that I am able to communicate and speak out about my needs and say, hey, this is what I need. But also for them to be able to do the exact same thing and be able to have a conversation about what's happening. Or if we disagree, we aren't yelling and screaming or throwing things. It's more of a, well, let's sit down eye to eye and talk this out. What are the pros? What are the cons? Where are you coming from? Where am I coming from? To be able to come down to a central agreement of okay, this makes the most sense. Um, mm -hmm. Being healthy means that, you know, we have the same, like when we do talk about needs, it's always cool. How do I make this happen? Never know or never. That doesn't sound like something I'm willing to do. It's talking it through everything, figure out where we're at and what we're trying to get to. And then the mm -hmm. last one is financial freedom is my partner and I don't have a shared account. I think we're finally going to open one up so that we can just put money into it for joint things. Mm -hmm. But we both have our own credit cards. We have our own savings accounts that the other person just doesn't touch, doesn't know about, doesn't need to know about. And that's, you know, again, it has to do with that trust of I trust that person to not screw me over, just like they're trusting me not to screw them over. Mm -hmm. So there's still some, you know, you have your own kind of individuality in that and also like good communication like you mentioned and making sure that you aren't denying someone else's needs but also I think it's really important how you're talking about it's a two-way street like you know you have to make sure that your needs are met but also that you can help meet their needs as well and yeah I think that's interesting a good very good point what are some ways that people can start to create healthy boundaries for themselves? Definitely making sure you have a, a group of friends or that friend circle that you do have that you are able to hang out with them. Uh, you know, as you get out of high school and you get older, it does become harder to see some of those friends and you tend to have a smaller group of friends, but being able to freely be able to communicate with them, regardless of gender is is super important and forgive me I totally lost where I was going will you repeat the question <laughs> yeah uh, it's like how do we kind of establish healthier boundaries for ourselves right making sure that you are financially independent that you know where your money's coming from that no one else has control or handle over it and this is true for everybody in your life be it friends or family or significant others you should always be able to have your own financial independent pot that's just yours. 
Um, now, what you do with that's up to you. If you decide, hey, I want to go on a trip with somebody, cool. But being able to have your own pot of money that's not part of your parents at all or siblings or anything else like that, because as much as we want to have healthy relationships everywhere, that doesn't mean that we have un- that we don't have unhealthy relationships in some aspects. Mm-hmm. And so making sure you have that friend groups that, you know, you do trust and that you do enjoy hanging out with having your family that you can rely on if needed, or if you don't making your own family that you can rely on. Mm-hmm. And then the last one is making sure that you are able to stand up for yourself saying your needs, getting everything that you need met, met, but also being able to listen and reciprocate to the other person. Yeah, thank you for sharing that whole aspect on financial independence as well, because that's something that I didn't really think about, especially as like a teenager. And I think that's something super important to keep in mind, you know, when you, as you know, I become an adult and have to deal with my own money and whatnot. Also, I think that last thing, like standing up for yourself, I think that is something that I think a lot of people do struggle with. I know I definitely struggle with sometimes and just kind of knowing in the moment what I truly want and what, you know, I want to stand up for. Um, And then along with the first thing that you mentioned was support. I think those are all great things. And I know in my own experience, like having the support of my family was like the only thing that I think really helped me kind of, you know, go to court and do everything that I did do. And then also this podcast kind of being the first time I really am speaking up about this and like trying to, you know, in a way stand up for myself and others. And I think it's super transformative experience as I'm sure you know, and I think it helps you find your own values too, kind of through these actions. So lastly, I'll say, do you have any questions for me or is there anything else you wanted to add? Uh, The last thing I have to add is, you know, you kind of hit on it a moment ago about values is as you grow and develop, your values will change. That's just kind of how life works. They might not change drastically, but they will change at least some. And it's your values is what guides you. So making sure you have your own strong values gives you a really good self of or sense of self, which is something that you need to be able to be a strong pillar in a relationship. Because if you don't have a sense of self, then people will walk over you. And a lot of people have that statement of mistaking kindness for weakness. And... That's something I found happened a lot with me because I was very, very like go with the flow. I'm cool. I don't really care too much one way or the other. I have a couple things here and there that I need. But I realized being like that, you tend to get a lot of people who take advantage of that as much as they possibly can. Whether that is a housemate who charged you rent and didn't give that rent to anybody else who was renting in that place, uh, which also happened to me. Or if it's, you know, a a romantic relationship where they think it's funny because they enjoy throwing knives and throwing a plastic knife at your face. It, you know, 
it tends to be, oh, that's so funny in the moment. And then you reflect on it later and go, yeah, that really wasn't cool. Let's, uh, let's Mm -hmm. figure out where those boundaries and where those values really are. And the more of a sense of self that you have in that identity, the better it is and the easier it is for you to have healthy relationships and being able to put those boundaries down quicker. Thank you for sharing that. I actually can kind of relate to like, I think sometimes also like sometimes I feel like I'm very like go with the flow too. And then after the moment, like I realize, huh, I actually didn't agree with that. Like, why did I just go along? Or sometimes I think people also like to avoid confrontation and just avoid arguments after, you know, having a lot of arguments maybe or maybe people telling you that you're wrong and then you just kind of avoid standing up. But I think that's when you have to realize that maybe there's something wrong with that relationship there when people keep telling you you're wrong and not listening to you where you feel like you lose your own voice and you lose the ability to stand up for yourself. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. And I really appreciated it. And I really appreciate you sharing your story and it was really inspiring. And I think it's really important to, again, learn about these topics and talk about these topics, especially, you know, for people of all ages, but for adolescents who are kind of starting to date or navigate the dating pool and what that's like or parties or whatnot and friendships just in general. Yep. Thank you so much. Of course, one last parting advice for all of the adolescents out there. Mm -hmm. If you are in a relationship of any sort romantic or otherwise and you have a partner who is threatening violence on themselves if you don't come out and hang out with them or if you break up with them or something like that that is also domestic abuse that is also even if it's towards themselves it's manipulative and that's actually one of the most common ones i see during the adolescent to college ages is people going off to like the oh, if you don't like me, I'm going to go do this. And those are very toxic traits. So if you notice yourself doing that, that is definitely something I would suggest, you know, to think about because a lot of times people don't realize they're doing certain things like that. Mm -hmm. Thanks for sharing that. Okay, well, thank you so much. Uh, I really appreciated you coming on today. If you liked this episode, please follow me to listen to more and turn on notifications so you don't miss an episode. Your support means the world to me. And thank you. Just thank you, everyone, again for offering all your support. It really helps me keep going with this whole podcast and really makes me excited to make more podcast episodes. My sexual assault resource page is linked in the description box at the end of every episode and in the podcast description. There you'll be able to find sexual violence definitions, legislation, and resources to help with prevention and recovery. You can also find some sources to learn about how to help and support others. And if anyone is in need of help right now, the RAIN Sexual Assault and Abuse and Sexual Violence National Hotline is 800-656-4673. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you continue to come along this healing journey with me. Bye!